0: on um, but if everybody could make their way back to the chairs um, we'll go ahead and start the sermon part of the part of the service. Um, thanks everybody. Uh, so hi I'm Johnny um, and uh, as uh, I think Josh mentioned I am not the regular act here at the vineyard. Um, I'm not a, like a pastor I'm just a member of this church and occasionally I have the privilege of speaking. Um, so as we say about the weather in Missouri if you don't like the preaching, Come back next week. It'll be different. Um, uh, the other thing is this is the time that we collect our offering um, here at the start of the sermon. So Renee is going to grab some baskets and pass them around. Uh, I know like, we're a little sparse, so please do your best to help her get those from row to row. Um, and if this is your first time, if you're just checking the vineyard out, uh, please, don't, please don't feel obliged to give. Uh, just let this service be our gift to you. Um, but if this is your church home, Please give as God leads. Okay, Um, so preamble done. Um, uh, As a a bit of background, um, we are continuing the sermon series that Josh started a few weeks ago. Um, We've been working our way through the book of Acts. Um, And last week, uh, Josh spoke from Acts chapter 4 and the week prior from chapter 3. Basic situation, uh, to bring everybody up to speed, is uh, Peter and John um, have just healed this man, uh, outside of the temple in Jerusalem. And they've been testifying that Jesus has been raised from the dead, and they got arrested for it. Um, and they got brought in front of the Sanhedrin, which is, like, this big group of rabbis. It's basically, like, the supreme court of ancient Israel. Yeah, only there's, like, 71 of them instead of nine. Um, and then, um, Basically, the Sanhedrin conferred, and they were like, well, we don't like that you're doing this. Stop preaching in the name of Jesus, but we can't punish you because you did this miracle, and everybody's praising God for it. Uh, And that's where we pick up the story this week in Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 23. Um, There are Bibles in the trays under the chairs at the end of the roads, but I'll have the verses up here as well. Uh, So on their release from the Sanhedrin, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Would you take a moment to pray with me? God, I just want to um, do my best to offer to the church what you have given to me. Um, I pray that um, the words I share today and the words we share with each other uh, would be insightful and would guide the people here towards you. Amen. Okay. Um, so, in this chapter in um, Acts 4, um, you may have noticed there was a quotation in the middle where they say, you spoke through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And they actually quote the first few verses of Psalms, chapter 2. Um, this was a, a work of Jewish poetry that would have already been ancient to the disciples at the time of Jesus. Well, you know, Maybe medieval, but old. Um, so I, I want to actually go back, because I think a lot of times in the New Testament, you, the writers and the speakers and the stories will do this. They will say, like, the first part of a passage of Scripture, and sort of, you're just supposed to sort of understand the rest that comes next. Um, so I want to bring that context to us. Um, so I'm going to actually read all of Psalm chapter 2. Huh? So, in Psalm chapter 2, the psalmist writes, Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me. And I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So, uh, you may have picked up that this psalm is political in what it's addressed to. It's talking to the nations and the rulers and the kings of the earth, the powers that be. Uh, even militaristic, I think it's fair to say the ancient Israelites uh, who were originally hearing this psalm would have understood the anointed to refer to David or whoever was sitting on, like, the heir to David's throne. Um, and yet, I. It's notable that the disciples do something interesting with this. They actually bring that ancient idea of God's anointed forward into their present time, and they apply it to Jesus, and they bring the idea of the rulers of the earth, the powers that be, forward, and they name them specifically as Herod and Pilate, the Roman authorities, and the Jewish authorities who they'd just been in front of, the Sanhedrin. And they pray, Lord, consider their threats Uh, referring to the threats of the Sanhedrin. So they're doing this very, I think, powerful and interesting thing with the scriptures. They are connecting these ancient ideas to their present life. And then having just alluded to this psalm about God's wrath and God's rebuke on powerful people who oppose God's anointed, they sort of invoke that when they say God consider their threats. They've just invoked... Uh, this, this psalm of judgment, and I, I have to think that that's intentional, and that they're inviting God to do as he promised to do, to punish the wicked, and bring the evil powers of the earth to heal, like to bring the kings under his authority, and just as the disciples did that, um, I want us to do that today in this discussion um, so that brings me to the first question, uh, the first discussion question. Um, what evil powers do you want to see broken down and made to submit to God? Um, now I, I want to I coach us through this a little bit because um, this is a, a heavier question than usual. Um, so the, the first uh, ground rule obviously Josh had mentioned, we're going to break up into groups of two or three. That's it, no bigger please. Uh, otherwise, one of two bad things happens. Either we go long, <laughs> or number two, uh, somebody doesn't get a chance to talk. So that is going to mean that some of you are going to have to like maybe like stretch a little and meet some people outside of your nuclear family. I think that's fine. I think we're probably all okay with that. Um, but just be ready to do that. Uh, the second rule is uh, there's a good chance once you start talking about evil powers or injustice or principalities, Uh, you're going to encounter differences of opinion. So the ground rule I want to lay is speak for yourself. Uh, And that means two things. First of all, uh, this doesn't need to be an arms race for who can name the biggest injustice. So if you're mad because your phone company gave you some nuisance charge and now you've got an overdraft fee on your checking account, like, fine. Like, you can just say that. You can say, I think that's unjust. Uh, If you're mad because 2.3 billion people live without access to sanitation. You can say that. Like, it, you don't have to be, like, worried about going too heavy or being too petty in this. Just speak, like, what's, what is really on your heart as uh, some injustice, some evil thing in the world that you want to see changed and brought under the will of God. Uh, second, if you find that you're in a conversation and you get this sense, like, I think you're on the Like, I think your conception of what's evil or what's just is wrong. um, You only have five minutes, so this is not a time to convince them otherwise. Uh, You can just, like, let them say their piece, say yours, and you're done. Problem solved. Um, So just, you know, take this as a time to practice charity, to love your opponent by listening to them, if that's where you find Likewise, if you're like the third person in a group where there's like a very obvious disagreement, it is not your job to moderate that. Uh, you just take, take this time to say what, what you, injustice you want to see brought to heel and just name that. So we're going to take five minutes, find a buddy or two buddies, and uh, talk. Thanks. So it sounds like good discussion is still happening, um, but I'm going to ask everybody to kind of wrap it up. All right, so thanks. Um, so, uh, evil is real, right? The world is not just um, people in power misuse it. And one of our charges as followers of Jesus is to confront that. And the disciples here make good models for us on how we go about that, how we go about addressing the kind of injustices that we're discussing. Um, and I want to look again at verses uh, 29 and 30 in Acts 4. Um, you notice the, the scriptures say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And I think it's, it's easy to miss um, th- to kind of keep both these perspectives in mind. On the one hand... The disciples have asked that that they have invoked this psalm about God breaking down the powers of the earth and dashing them like pottery and rebuking them in his anger. Um, And I think that's there in their prayer. But notice what they ask for. They ask for boldness to speak, to tell the truth about what's happened to them with Jesus. And they ask for God to stretch out his hand to heal and perform miracles in the name of Jesus. I think this is significant because it shows that what they want, what their their heart is, isn't to establish their own kingdom. It's not to take revenge for the wrongs that were done to Jesus or to them. And, And I think in that we see a picture of what God's kingdom looks like. Because they were with Jesus. They know that the kingdom of God looks like love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. And so they ask for healing. They know that it looks like a Messiah dying on the cross and praying, Father, forgive them, over his murderers. And so I think that's part of why they pray that what happened to Jesus was part of God's will. And in asking for miracles this way, I think they, they do something really powerful that I, I think as a church where we really diligently try to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit, we do pray for healing uh, at times. And I think they, they walk right past so many of the mistakes that Christians down through the centuries have made when we start engaging in that kind of mystical, spiritual life. Can you all hear me okay? This mic is trying to make good its escape. But um, one of the mistakes I think we make is uh, what I like to call like treating God like he's your personal vending machine. We begin to think that um, God's miraculous power is here to make us rich, and you know we start praying for the things we want, uh, sort of irrespective of what God's agenda might be in intervening in the world in miraculous ways. And there's another mistake that's that's like it, but but different, um, and that's I think we become willing to believe any report of any miracle from any quarter, um, regardless of whether it's credible or whether it actually glorifies God in what it did. Um, and and I, I think you see this kind of excess in every Christian movement. Um, and So I'm not saying this to like poo-poo particular uh, branches of Christianity. I mean, the vineyard itself has had to deal with this at times. Um, and there's a last mistake that I think often comes as a reaction to these first two, which is imagining that God's power isn't for us today at all. That um, you know i grew up in a church where this was i would say implicitly if not explicitly taught that there was sort of this definite time period where god had said you know i'm going to do miracles and now i'm done like i've i've established my church and we're good i'm done and so we don't have to engage with god in this way today i don't think any of these mistakes are biblical i think they're they're kind of like natural and human and easy to make. But there is another way, and the disciples model it here. If we follow their example, we can align ourselves with God's purpose for the miraculous. And and I don't, to be clear, I don't mean if we're just good enough, if we just believe the right things and we just think the right stuff, then God is going to give us whatever miracles and power we ask for. Uh, I don't mean that. Clearly, Peter and John don't think that because a few chapters ago when they healed the guy, they say, look, it wasn't by our righteousness or our power that we heal this man. It was by the power of Jesus' name. What I mean is that we can invite God to work through us, and if, if we're open to what God is doing, then sometimes when it suits God's purpose of redeeming creation and of bringing the miraculous powers under God's or uh, bringing the powers of this world under God's authority, miraculous things can happen. That's I think God's purpose. It's it's the kind of the twofold plan of God's creation is to exalt Jesus, to prove His power, and to demonstrate that so that all the all the rulers in the world, whether they're ideas or you know kingdoms or rulers, all of those will be subject to Jesus and God's will. And that leads to this last discussion question. Um, again, I, I want to try to model what the disciples are doing. What do you think that God wants to do through you? What, what power or um, bold speech or act of healing, miraculous thing do you think God wants to do in your life? So, five minutes, and uh, we'll discuss. Okay. Uh, thanks. Um, so yeah, I, I mean I can tell that there's some good discussion going on, and I don't I don't want to quell that. What I actually want to do is um, kind of seize this opportunity to transition us to the time of the service where we devote to prayer. Um, so Philip's going to come and play one last song, and um, this is a, a chance for I- if there's something that's come up in the course of discussion that you would like to receive prayer for, um, you can come forward during this time. Uh, Someone from our prayer team will place their hand on your shoulder and ask how they can pray for you. Uh, They've been trained not to be, you know, weird about it, so (laughs) it should be pretty, like, uh, okay. if intimate with God, but uh, uh, respectful. Um, The other side of this is there's a, a group that meets before the service, Uh, And they they actually ask God to lead them, show them things that maybe God wants to say to people who are here. Um, And so I'm going to read their contributions from from that. Um, The first thing, uh, somebody felt like they heard, you were God's dream, like the person this is addressed to. Um, God made you uniquely you. So if that resonates, please come get prayer. Uh, Likewise, someone else kind of had like a picture in their imaginations of a shoe that doesn't fit like it's too tight, and they felt like through that, God was trying to say every step of a journey or walk that you're taking, you're experiencing pain because that shoe is too tight, and God wants to free your feet uh, and let it and then make a new shoe so that you can go places, so that you can relieve pain, be relieved of your pain um, and move swiftly. So if any of that resonates, or if there's something that's come up during discussion that you want prayer for, please come forward. Uh, And would you stand and sing?